Hear the word of God from the book of Acts 11, 1 through 18, located on page 895 in the Pew Bible. Now the apostles and the believers, believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, As I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as, it, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them in the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Some of you may not know me. My name is Justin LaRosa, and I serve as the minister of the downtown campus, the Portico, and I am grateful to be among you today. So let's just... Uh, Close our eyes for a moment and uh, pray. God, we give thanks for diversity. We give thanks for unity. And we give thanks for unity in the midst of diversity. Amen. So uh, it was about 13 or 14 years ago. I was down at Palm Island Resort. Any of you familiar with that? Just north of Boca Grande. I was down on vacation for about a week, I think. It was in the, the fall. The day was amazing. It was one of those days, picture perfect, green ocean, walks on the beach, no kids to bother us. It was a great time. <laughs> the evening was just as amazing. We sat on the porch and we watched the sunset, the, set, the sun descend Below this amazing afterglow. It was an amazing evening. It was a time in my life where lots of spiritual growth was happening. I had done a lot of growing in my spiritual journey. I was examining who I had as God in my childhood and evaluating if that still worked. I was examining my 
really desire to know God and a faith community. And I was trying to shed all the images and baggage that I had in the past that allow me to be free. So it was on that evening that after we watched that beautiful sunset and that afterglow, Caroline went into the back room and I was sitting on the couch there. And I was reading a book on spirituality. And it was on that couch. It was on that couch where something like a lightning bolt came from the depths of my inner being. It wasn't an auditory, it wasn't a vision, it wasn't a trance, but it was very clear message. And it said, you must leave the church of which you are a part and develop a deeper relationship with me, Christ. Bam! There it was for me. It was throwing me and calling me out of my comfort zone and thrusted me into this journey that I had no idea where it was going, but it was going to lead me to see God and community in a new kind of way. And the Bible was going to be at the center that would help shape that for me. I started to weep on this couch because I knew that it was going to change a lot. I was pretty involved in the church I was at, and I knew that I was going to have to leave, that it would alter Caroline and my spiritual journey. And I also knew that I would have to engage my unexamined biblical perspective in a deeper and more profound way. I had some judgments about the Bible, although I hadn't read it all that much at that time. So it was just a few weeks later, I came back to Hyde Park United Methodist, and I got involved. It was in the the August time, so I got involved in Disciple Bible Study. And I began to explore who the historical Jesus was and who the risen Christ was to me. This experience, this jolt, this new awakening set a new course for my life. And it it actually opened me up to draw the circle a little bit bigger than I had been drawing it. But this, way, this new way of seeing brothers and sisters was scary. I was afraid. And it was not something I asked for. It was thrust upon me. So I invite you to think about your own life. Was there a time where you had some awakening, some jolt, some thing that happened in your spiritual journey that opened you up to a new way of seeing or a new way of being or a new way of doing that altered the course of your spiritual journey? Well, if you haven't, you might. And if you have, you can really grasp what's so unsettling about an experience like that. And I think it's true and easy to see in our scripture today that Peter's mind was blown on that roof in Joppa. His vision and subsequent experience of being led by the Spirit to include the Gentiles was absolutely tectonic shifting in his life. We read and heard when Mary Lou read that it said, to not make a distinction between them and between us. It meant that yet again, 
his worldview was turned upside down. First, this Jesus is the Messiah, and now the Gentiles are to be included. What's fascinating about this part of the scripture is his worldview wasn't turned upside down by the words of his tradition in his scriptures. The, his world was turned upside down by a revelation of the spirit of the risen Christ. And so let's for a moment just review the gravity of the situation for Peter. First, in the scripture it tells us that the Gentiles received the Holy Spirit, which meant the nation of Israel was no longer the sole holder of Yahweh in being chosen. God now revealed that every man, every woman, every child, that all should be saved. Second, that eating the, quote, right food and being circumcised, which were paramount to being included in their sect. It was now as though these things were still sacred, but were no longer conditioned solely for being chosen by Christ. So let that sink in for a moment. Peter, this Jew, raised in the tradition, is now had something revealed to him that utterly changes his worldview. He must have felt some kind of contradiction within him. Everything that he knew, everything that he believed, everything that he was taught had shifted. It was sinful majorly sinful to eat with Gentiles and associate with the uncircumcised. And it was this new interpretation that would thrust him into conflict with the tradition in the scriptures of the day in the church. One of my favorite preachers, some of you know, is uh, Richard Rohr. He's a Franciscan. And he says this quote, religion often starts with mysticism and ends up in politics. Let me say that one more time so you can think about it. Religion often starts with a time and a revelation and mysticism and ends up in politics. Wesley would say it, there is no personal religion but social religion. So the story puts out the notion that God, our God, Christ, the triune God is not bound by our interpretations of the scriptures. And sometimes, and we have seen this at points in history, has urged us, has revealed to us let, to let go of the shackles that bind us. So make no mistake about it. Don't mishear me here. The Hebrew and New Testament scriptures are a gift to us. And God continues to speak to us through them. Yet, if we are honest, if some of us are really honest with one another, we are confused by some of the things in this book. You know, I spent some time this week kind of just reading through it, kind of looking around in, in this beautiful thing that we call the Holy Scripture. And as I was reading it, I found some support for Child abuse. You know what else I found in this book as I was reading it? That I might be permitted to take a few more wives. 
And you know what? I checked that out with Caroline. And she wasn't on board. <laughs> I also found some evidence that slavery might be permittable. And that God might want me to be rich. I kind of like that interpretation. You see, brothers and sisters, depending on who and how we interpret this book, the written word can lead us to some scary places, can it not? It can lead us to some scary interpretations. And if we are brutally honest, we can acknowledge that this book has done immeasurable amounts of good for the world. Immeasurable amounts of good. And... In the name of this book, in interpreting this book, has done immeasurable amounts of evil. That's, brothers and sisters, is something that we have to acknowledge and hold. So, at the center of both of those things is how we interpret together in community this book. And at Hyde Park, you would know by now, perhaps, maybe... That we have seven core values. Core values that hold us together. The way we live in community. And lucky for you, I'm not going to go through all seven of them. They're the principles that we do community and life together. And one that I will talk about is that we are biblically rooted. We are rooted in this book. This helps us stay together. It holds the central truth that the Bible communicates who God is. The Bible communicates God's relationship with humans and creation. And it shares the way in which that through God's grace and love that God begins the restoration process here and now and later. Both. We are biblically rooted in this congregation, brothers and sisters. But that doesn't get us off the hook for trying to interpret this together and look at very important issues of the day that with which we must wrestle. Each generation has been invited over and over again to interpret the scriptures and allow God's spirit to continually reveal what the redeeming message of Jesus Christ means for us individually as a faith community, and as a global world community. This means that we must, like Peter, confront issues that come in conflict with the scriptures today. Genetic engineering, war, abortion, capital punishment, homosexuality, gay marriage are just to name a few. And you know what's true, and I guarantee in this room right here and right now, there are people who love Jesus, who read the, the same exact scriptures and draw different conclusions. There is no doubt about that. The global Christian family does that. Jiminy Christmas, our own Methodist tradition does that. And here within our faith community, we do that. We interpret faithfully the scriptures through the lens of Christ. And as you know, gay marriage has been an issue on the tabloids, on the internet, everywhere recently. And it's one that we must, as a community, continue to discern together and to engage, 
even if we have diverse or di- we have diverse interpretations of where we are and where we're going. And today I want to uh, invite a member of our community to come share with us today. And his name is Bert Thayer, and he's a good friend. And he's going to come and talk with us for a few minutes today. Come on up, Bert. Thanks for coming again. My pleasure. Bert came up at 8.30 chapel service too, so he's been here for a long time. So we're grateful they're here. Get a little taste of what your job's like. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we're grateful that you're here. Will you just share with the uh, community who you are, how long you've been coming, just anything? Sure. i am um, been coming to the church probably about 13 years. Uh, my partner and I decided to make it official about seven years ago. Um, and I've you know, been involved in a small group, uh, been in, Involved in various ministries. Um, I'm a uh, co-leader with the uh, New Member Connecting Program, which is how I met Justin and our friendship began. Um, Debbie's my boss now back here, and uh, she's a great friend of mine as well. So, Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you. So um, describe the way that you and Michael have felt welcome and, and, and participated in the life congregation. I'm really fortunate in that I haven't really experienced a whole lot of prejudice in my life other than in some other churches Mm -hmm. from Christians. Um, But here it's been very welcoming. And um, I would say to anybody here, you know, regardless of your skin color or your economic status or um, your sexual orientation, this is a very welcoming church and um, give it a try. I I really feel like they make us live real here. We all do. Yeah. Well, tell them about your background a little bit, kind of how you're raised in faith tradition. I'm fortunate in that I've been in the church my entire life. I have a wonderful God-fearing mother. Uh, I went to church school. Um, that being said, and uh, my mother's religion really ties in great with the um, Bible verse today. Um, she was a Seventh-day Adventist. They take the Bible very literally. They go to church on Saturday, just like Jesus and the Jews did. Um, they don't eat unclean meats. Um, so if any of you had... Um, Bacon with your eggs this morning. I'm not judging you. I take a Methodist uh, <laughs> slant on things. Um, beyond that, I had a grandmother who was a strict Roman Catholic. I went to Mass several times a year with her. And I had some cousins who were Jehovah's Witnesses. And they're always getting me in the corner and, and pushing their doctrine as well. It, it basically boiled down to my mom and her faith were right. If I didn't agree with it, I was wrong. My cousins, their faith was right. If I didn't agree with them, I was wrong. And the same thing with my grandmother. And can you talk a little bit about just like a time in your life when you had some like kind of explosion of a new way of seeing or being, whether it be through the church or the scriptures or anything like that? Sure. Um, the scriptures are um, tough to understand. And, you know, like you said earlier, um, you know, I mean, all God's people had multiple wives. They had slaves. Uh, you know, Abraham uh, got to sleep with the slave with his wife's, uh, you know, blessing, uh, unlike your wife. Yes. <laughs> but... Uh, John one fourteen was kind of a breakthrough for me, which says the uh, word was made flesh and blood, referring to Jesus. And for me, it kind of just pulled all the rules aside. And the rules are important, but it made me think about my relationship with Christ. And if my relationship is right with Christ, I feel like all the rules are going to fall into place. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, is there anything else that you would want to share with anyone here? Um, 
I've just made some great friends throughout the years here. Uh, I've been in a relationship for 20 years with my partner, Michael. Michael, on rare occasion, cuts Justin's hair. Cuts, <laughs> uh, he sees Jim Harnish and Roger more frequently. And if, Jim, you're watching, I'm sure I'll get an email from you about my hair. Thank you. Yeah. So let's thank Bert for uh, being here and for Michael and for the way that they're welcome. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Good job. So, brothers and sisters, I ask you, is there one correct interpretation on this issue? I like silence. And whether there is or there isn't, how can we, the church, I'm not talking about the Hyde Park, the body of Christ, live in the tension with people who will read those five verses about homosexuality and interpret it differently than you. I want to suggest to you that the way we interpret and read the scripture is very important. But perhaps the quote correct reading of the scripture is not as important as reading the scripture in the right way. I'm going to say that one more time. Perhaps the correct reading of scripture is not as important as reading the scripture in the right way. What I mean by that is if our approach of scripture and reading, reading the Bible is arrogant, coercive, dominant, controlling, and disrespectful, perhaps there will be little of Christ in it, no matter what conclusions are drawn. And if we read the scripture with an attitude of humbleness, selflessness, compassion, and perhaps with beginner's mind or faith of a, of a child, it will be more infused with Christ Jesus. And I want to challenge people in this congregation today, and perhaps those of you watching online, that I believe we can live in the tension of hearing and deeply listening to the diverse interpretations and opinions of scripture, even those we don't agree with. I believe we can hold what is at the center, what is at the center of our life together, which is God's grace as revealed in the Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. To do that, we must live and have a spirit of humility. We must engage in both peaceful and spirited dialogue as we discern and live out our convictions as a faith community. And that's the key. We must do this in community. We must walk together trying to love God and love others more and more and more and more with this fabulously awesome, amazing book that can be pretty darn confusing sometimes. So I'd like to end with the words of John 16. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. 
But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Brothers and sisters, may the Spirit of truth guide us into all truth. And may we continue to hold what is at the center our love for God, our love for others, including those with different interpretations, now and forever. Amen. We respond to God's word through our tithes and offerings.